you fake podcast music ding dong ding 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 dong ding dong ding dong ding 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 <laughs> i want to say mr sandman i know right i think that's what i'm doing i couldn't think of like, bells what, what i couldn't think that? of christmas bells it's I not even like jingle bells that's what panic sounds like hello and welcome to michigan and other mayhem the show about michigan murder mysteries histories and other random mayhem from around the world your hosts are Allie and jen all right jen it's our christmas one now i didn't do any christmas murder because last year i did a christmas murder that was so that kind of grossed me out that i'm still a little bit disturbed today yeah that's one of the kid was tortured the 15 year old kid was tortured yeah and it was so fucking awful that they said um that was in um in england that the jury, that whoever served on the jury no longer had to serve on the jury for the rest yep. of their life, they're excused. Mm-hmm. And still fucking bothers me. So now what route did you take for Christmas then? I'm just going to tell you about Christmas shit in Michigan. Okay. Which I don't, okay. So I even told Cassie at that time, like Cassie, my sister Cassie, Cassie, do not listen to the Christmas episode, okay? It's going to disturb you. You're very sensitive. And Cassie's like, okay. But then I realized I never told Poppy, my older sister, but Poppy's a lot tougher. well i'm going to talk about the murder of ann costa in washington township michigan oh wow all right well i'm about to tell you a really gross story and if somebody has a sensitive stomach they should hit the forward button real quick like forward a few seconds i want to tell you about how tough poppy is Mm -hmm. and what her her weakness is so we used to work cleaning up, um, just as a side job, this movie theater. And one day someone had vomited into the sink. And it had clawed the sink. The, the physical chunks had clawed the sink. And first my cousin LaVon goes over and tries to take a Dixie cup to scoop the sink out, you know, and throw it in the garbage to get it clean. She starts to get sick to her stomach. My sister Cassie's like, I'll try. She tries to scoop up the puke out of the sink. She gets sick. Poppy's like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, basically, kicks the door open and starts scooping it out and just throwing it in there. Like, come on, you guys. Like, we got to get this done. And she's like, scooping puke out of a sink with a Dixie cup. Gets the job done. That's how tough she is. <laughs> now, however, her weakness is hair. One day we're at this, um, like, a what do you call them? Those rest stops on the side of the highway? A rest stop. Rest stop? Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> That's what they would be. So we're at the rest stop. And all of a sudden, Poppy looks over. She's like, oh, God. Ooh, ooh. I'm like, what is wrong? What's wrong? She's like, there's a hair over there. Literally just one single hair laying on the sink was enough to make Poppy puke. Wow. Yeah, but she can scoop puke up with a Dixie cup, yeah. but can't have a single hair that's, just resting on the counter. Odd. Oh, immediately she it kicks in her gaggy legs. <laughs> but that's how tough my older sister is. <laughs> Why don't you go first? I went first last time. Yeah, and I need to correct myself because I said the murder of. Oh. And it's the murder maybe of. Ooh. The murder maybe of. The murder maybe of. You guys will figure it out. Talk to me, Goose. So the Costa family had been through tragedy in August of 2016 when a cousin of the family was shot and killed. Wow. Lisa Fabry, F-A-B-B-R-I. Okay. By her on and off again boyfriend, Jeremiah Bashell. Okay. Jeremiah was charged with first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Okay, there see, you go. there we know when he's getting out. Yep. Never, it's determinate. <laughs> so they had this tragedy, and now fast forward on to June 2018. Okay. Ann Costa filed for divorce from her husband, Louis Costa. Okay. They were married 26-plus years. 
And I said Lewis, didn't I? Yeah. It's Loris. L-O-R-I-S. <laughs> Loris. Huh? Catching myself today. Hey, catch yourself before someone else does. That's our new motto. <laughs> and if I still pronounce it incorrectly, I'm sorry. No, fuck it. So Loris uh-huh. and Anne worked for General Motors for many years. Their home was paid off. Okay. And their last... Are they older? Yep, they're older. Okay. I believe they were in their late 40s, 50s, I want to say. That's not fucking older. That's older. I'm 44, <laughs> ho. You're really old. For you, if I, somebody would ask, I'd just say you're really, really old. No, you'd be like, she's decrepit. Yeah. She's actually decaying in front of me. Right. Um, so, and then their last minor child was almost an adult. Okay. So, yeah, that's about the right age. Yeah. Loris was said to be okay with the divorce and didn't, didn't believe they would have any significant disagreements. Okay. Um, even the ta- articles talk about how he had, right before Christmas uh-huh. of 2018, had talked to his lawyers and, okay. you know, was, was fine and no big deal. On Christmas Eve 2018, the immediate family was in the house, so... Why did I write Lewis right there? See, maybe that's why you called him no. Lewis last time. Because Loris. We have to Google this now. All right. Was in the home. Uh-huh. So she was there. He was there. And their three sons. So age 17, 23, and 26. What? Are their kids' yeah. age? 17, 23, and 26. Oh, for some reason I thought you said seven. I was like, oh my gosh. No. 17. Don't... But this is this podcast isn't going very well right now for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you gotta google this i'm gonna um so they're all home for christmas eve of course gonna celebrate christmas yes we're gonna go with loris shot his wife with a handgun around 11 p.m and then killed himself okay oh. so it is loris it is Loris. i don't know I maybe i just up. accidentally wrote well loris at least uh, i was right L-O-R-I-S is not a common name here in Michigan for a dude. Yeah. So maybe that's why you keep thinking Lewis. Yeah. It's okay. So he shot shot her. Yeah. And then killed himself. Wow. With the kids in the house. So Anne was taken to the hospital in critical condition being shot in her upper torso. Okay. The children confirmed the two were arguing prior to shots being fired. This is why it's murder maybe okay okay because all the articles talk about how she's in critical condition at the hospital uh-huh. but i couldn't find any obituary for ann uh, like no other follow-up okay at all so you're like she might still be alive like who knows nobody said and uh, none of the you, you know need to follow up another on one of that i googled and googled and googled and googled getting the same information and nothing, I know your pain. nothing new. Like, <sighs> where is it? So now it's like, oh, let me start searching obituaries. But I couldn't find any that. Some of the worst is when the articles repeat the same thing. Like, buddy, did you just read this other guy's article? Mm-hmm. And then re- oh, literally yeah, word this. for word almost repeat. Oh, it yeah, makes that's me crazy. It. So, but yeah. So all of a sudden, and, you know, you're thinking there would be some type of follow-up. Like, yeah. why did he do this? Yeah. He's talking to his lawyer. He's fine. He's fine through all this period of time. Okay. 
And so June of 2018 to Christmas. Yeah. And you're fine. And all of a sudden you're not fine. Like something had to have you happened. Think, well, you think maybe he wasn't fine the whole time? He was like, no, no, it's cool. No. It's cool. But it wasn't cool. Well, I'm sure he probably mm-hmm. thought it wasn't cool. Right. At some point. But there had to, this argument they had, had to be pretty significant. Well, not to put my parents on blast, but my dad, um, you know, my parents got divorced after 19 years of marriage. And I guess at one point, my dad was trying to get my mom to stop the divorce because he's Greek and Greek people aren't really into divorces. And my mom was like, you know, he's like, just stop the divorce. My mom's like, do you love me? My dad's like, no. My mom's like, fucking game back on, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, no. so, but yeah, so there are right. times there are times that people like do weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, so but yeah, I just thought something you would have something. Right. At least you would have. They, well, the kids say they were arguing. So Correct. But you would at least I could you would think I could find something that, you yeah. know, she died or We're gonna I look think it's again. funny how many articles you can like these articles you find and I have a couple more in upcoming podcasts where you're reading it. Yeah. It gives you just that information. It's a critical condition in the hospital. But nobody writes anything else about it. Like, it's over because you're on to the next murder or something. Or it might even be, maybe with his, because he's dead. And it say she survives and there's nothing to, to follow up on. That she survived. Oh, you want to survive? I would you know, like to know that, too. You know what I mean? You, you, you would think somebody would follow up and say, yeah. you know, she did survive. There's no story in surviving? I guess <laughs> So that's why I had to say it's a murder, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, my article is, I call it Christmas in Michigan, 2019 version. Okay. Yeah. So in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, there's a small town named Christmas. The town was built up around a factory that created Christmas baubles and decorations starting in, eight, in 1938. And the factory has since closed, but the town remains. And they have a population of about 400, including a 35-foot-tall Santa Claus. Ooh. And yeah, and people often visit the town as a snowmobile resort and tourists who like to mail their cards from the post office, having them stamped as Christmas, the Christmas post office. That's cool. If it wasn't in the Upper Peninsula, I'd say we could If go, you weren't afraid we... of the bridge? Yep. Yeah. I got to get you on a plane. Nope. <laughs> so I wrote Michigan's Chance at a White Christmas. That's my next one. So according to an MLive article, and all my, um, I always put my little links at the bottom of my articles. You can just follow them there. So under the Michigan Chance at White Christmas, there's a link that shows the Lower East Side of Michigan, the Lower East Side, has the lowest chance of having a white Christmas, with the area only getting about one white Christmas out of every three, which I remember as a, um, every three Christmases. I remember as a kid that it would bother me if there was no snow. Yeah, and I think, the east side, well, like, I think it's like um, Monroe and Toledo will get hit, but yeah, not the this... Ann Arbor and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The article has the definition of a white Christmas listed, because I was like, you obviously have to have a definition. Mm-hmm. One inch of snow on the ground minimum. I was like, okay, that is white. One, no, no, it's not. On the ground? One inch. One inch minimum? Yeah, you got to have a definition. You could still see grass. Yeah, it depends on who mowed. So, <laughs> those who live in the UP, the Upper Peninsula, have a 98% chance yeah, no, of having a white that's Christmas. Why we don't live there. Yeah. The west side of Michigan, both north and south, sees more snow than the east side. And the art- article also provides a snow map of, Mich- of Michigan and Wisconsin because, you know, the UP is connected to Wisconsin. Yeah. So I wrote 
the eastern white pine. Ooh. The eastern white pine is Michigan's state tree. It's a beautiful pine tree that grows too large to become Christmas trees for homes, but they are pretty enough that they capture the spirit. Okay, it's a pine tree. Mm-hmm. All but 1% of the old growth eastern white pine forest re- uh, remained after he- heavy logging. So we logged the fuck out of the whole white pines okay. because we're a lumber state. And mm-hmm. let's, yeah. So Michigan's one of the top states in the United States for producing Christmas trees, which are typically evergreens. And the industry brings in about $60 million annually. There are between 780, because I saw different varying things, and Mm -hmm. 850 tree farms in Michigan, which export about 75% of their trees for the Christmas season. Wow. Yeah, when I was a kid, I don't know how you guys did, but my dad would take us to a tree farm where you're walking around outside... And my, we'd be like, this tree here. My dad's like, that's too far from the car. We're like two miles away. Do you expect me to carry that You know what my miles? dad used to say? That's yeah. too big. And I'm like, it's not too big. My and he's like, said, when you get it in the house, it's too big. Yeah. And I will, I will agree. He was right. Yeah. My dad did the same thing. He'd be like, that's too big. That's fine. And then as we got older and we weren't doing this much, we were picking out, well, purposely, we would go to tree lots and pick out Charlie Brown trees, we called them. They're the tree that leans, it's naked on one side, it's mostly mm-hmm. dead. And we would pick that tree and just love the shit out of that tree. <laughs> and we were like, like, we'll take that one, nobody else will. Come on, you're coming home with us. We're going to make you gaudy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Chris Van Ellsberg. And Chris Van Ellsberg is from East Grand Rapids, Michigan. He graduated from the University of Michigan while focusing on sculpture. At home, Chris began sketch- sketching illustrations, eventually becoming an illustrator of children's books. Chris is now known for writing the children's book Jumanji and Polar Express. Both were later made into movies with Polar Express being part of Christmas traditions. I guess kids now have that in their Christmas tradition. Michigan does have a train line that runs during the Christmas season called the North Pole Express. It is a one-hour train ride from Owasso to the village of Ashley. And the train is pulled by an old-fashioned engine, Pierre Marquette 1225, which looks like the engine in the animated Polar Express story. As a matter of fact, the blue front prints from the Pierre Marquette 1225 were used as the prototype for the train in the animated film. And they even used the sounds of the Pierre Marquette 1225 in the movie Polar Express. So in Ashley, the village is made to look like a 1940s Christmas wonderland. And there are quaint shops, horse-drawn carriages, a hobo camp, eateries, and handmade gifts. The North Pole Express is available from the middle of winter to a few days before Christmas each year, only on weekends. I think my sister went there. Your sister went there and your man's sister went there. Hmm. I saw her too. Yep. Yep. And I was just like, ooh, I know people that went there. Oh, You're my like, God. Oh, they just went there a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. A week and ago. it got a golden ticket. Ooh. ooh. They seemed like all the kids were totally digging it. Now I'm upset because she asked me if I wanted to go and I said I couldn't. Mother Blupper, you could have added to I this. Yeah, I could have added to this and had an experience. Okay, now that is this is where we learn not to say that again. Well, to, <laughs> tomorrow or next year, we'll put it on our to-do list. I'm down. So I wrote down Christmas towns, and most people in Michigan are aware of Bronner's Christmas store at Frankenmuth. Love it, best food I buy. Yeah, they talk about they well they name themselves the biggest Christmas store in the world, but um, anything you read says they call themselves the biggest Christmas store in the world. So I don't know if that can be confirmed. I don't think it's that big. <laughs> Okay, and it's just always Christmas there too, right? Correct, it's always Christmas, okay. yeah. So not everybody knows about the other stores and towns dedicated to the celebration of Christmas in Michigan. 
So Old World Canterbury Village is located in Lake Orion. It is a beautiful year. It's beautiful year round, but during the Christmas season, it is transformed into a gorgeous <laughs> holiday destination. Whoa. Yep. Inside the village is a store called Always Christmas. And that is filled to the seams with Christmas doodads. There are also 56 village displays in the building. Different Christmas village displays. Holland, Michigan also holds, I might say this wrong, Kerstmark. It's K-E-R-S-T-M-A-R-K-T, which translates into Christmas market. And the city opens wooden booths and stalls for local artisans to sell their wares. The golds, the golds, just goods, but it could be gold if you want it to. The goods being sold um, are feature wooden toys, handmade pottery and jewelry, along with pine wreaths and holly bushes. Oh, I want to go there. Take yeah. me there. Okay. During the same time, the Frederick Myers Gardens and Fred, or Myers, it's Frederick Meyer, because everybody in Michigan adds an S to Meyer, and I'm sorry. Gardens and Sculptural Park holds their Christmas and holiday traditions around the world exhibit, and that's just a short drive between the two. Hmm. And Greenfield Village, which I actually talked and to... Sunil and Shelly at work today were talking about how amazing it was. Greenfield Village, which is in Dearborn, um, is set in the late 18th or 19th, early 20th century year round. And during the holiday season, the village fills with carolers, fiddlers, and wagons joining in a sing-along. There's an ice skating rink that's open. And kids can visit with Santa and his reindeer. And the village ends its night with the fireworks. And Shelly said... You go to different houses, and like one house is supposed to be set like in 1940, and it's decorated exactly mm-hmm. like 1940. The next is like 1950. Yeah, I love it. It's oh, beautiful. I wish. And um, they actually do a good Halloween one. We used to do do our Halloween there. My sisters and my daughter have a Halloween tradition of going. Yeah, they've gone a few times. Uh, so my next one, I have Christmas rankings. I was like, look at all this Christmas shit in Michigan. We got to be high, right? We got snow. No, we no. got built. Oh, girl. No, so, I don't think so. I also have a link to this one. I have a link to everything. People follow it up. You can see I'm not lying. The Century, okay, Century Link had a ranking of all the states and their level of holiday cheer. They used two broad, broad criteria to create their list. Online searches in the area's culture. And those are broken down So to online activity. But hold on, hold on. Yeah. Do they, so they rate it by a number. So it's. So, so like one through 50. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to guess, though. You want to guess? Well, yeah, I want to no, guess. Where, where are we, girl? I'm going to say we're 41. Okay. Not far. So, Google searches. So, they this, these are the criteria they use. 29% of the points come from Google searches for Christmas movies and gingerbread houses. Okay. 28 is Google shopping trends for wrapping paper, Christmas cards, and Elf on a Shelf. Christmas music streaming, that's 14.5%, and 7% is tweeting about Christmas. And so for the area culture, they have 7% it is the number of Christmas tree farms per capita. I'm like, we're going to kill it there, right? And charitable giving, 14.5%. So it's like, we can't be far. And I have the whole link on our show notes. <laughs> so one is Washington. Two is South Dakota. Three is Utah. There is nothing in Utah. I know. I'm like, Utah? Okay, we got to be here. And I go down further. No, no. 13 is West Virginia. 14 is Wisconsin. Where's Ohio? Ohio's 20. Oh, 20. Ohio. Then I'll keep going. Kentucky's 26. Okay, we're not there yet. Okay. Colorado's 30. All right. Louisiana, 36. I'm like, it's hot. Okay. 
Uh, Georgia is 40. Did you say 40? 41. 41 is New Mexico. Where the fuck are we? 46. Wow. Michigan's 46. 47 is New Jersey. 48 is Florida. 49 is Hawaii. And 50 is Alaska. I bet in Alaska, like, we have enough snow and shit to last us forever. And I was just like, Wow, that's pretty crazy. Oh, I want to do a quick Christmas thing because I want to tell you, as an adult, I realized that we all have different holiday traditions that are normal to us in our home that we grew up with that are not normal with everybody else. And, and it starts with, okay, so Christmas. So in my early 20s, I was talking to a coworker, and it's the coworker that my husband dated her daughter for like eight years. We were talking about Christmas, and she mentioned something about Santa leaving gifts underneath the tree. That really got my attention. And she's like, then she mentioned having a select, you select a family member and that person doles out the gifts. And then one by one, you would watch, you know, this person open a gift and this person open a gift, starting with the youngest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's not what we did at Christmas in my house. And she was like, oh, I know, I know. Not everybody waits for each person to open a gift. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, no. First of all, my mind was blown that Santa put gifts under their tree. Santa never put a single gift under our tree. Why would he? Okay. So I was just like, wait, Santa put gifts on the tree? She's like, yeah, that's normal. I'm like, no. Okay. Then I broke down our family tradition. Okay, I blew her mind. Okay. Here's what it is. So we would leave Santa a note telling him where we would like our gifts. So we would always pick up a piece of furniture in the living room. And the couch was the prime spot we'd all fight for. There's three girls. We're all going for the couch. We all want the couch. The couch is the hot spot. Poppy often got it. So when we woke up, there there weren't any name tags, right? Your gift's in your spot. All my gifts, you know, would be on the recliner. All Poppy's gifts would be on the couch. All Cassie's gifts would be on the other chair. And that's how we knew. And okay, so for years, we didn't even have a stocking. And the elves left us gifts and they would hide clues. And the clue would take us to the next clue. Oh, and the next clue would take cool. you to your gift, right? So even when we come down for Santa, not all our gifts were wrapped. Some were just sitting on your pile, just exposed. Which I didn't know that was weird until your brother, my daughter's stepdad, is watching me with his first Christmas. And he's like, what? You didn't wrap that. I was like, I know. I'm just going to set it on. You know, I'm going to set it over here. So he's like, wait a minute. You don't wrap all her gifts? I'm like, no, Santa doesn't wrap all the gifts. He's like, yes, Santa does. I'm like, not this damn Santa. (laughs) But eight years later, he's like, let's just set this one here. We don't need to wrap this one, do we? Because he's tired now of wrapping all the time. And nobody in our house waited. Nobody waited. You went to your gift. You went in like a freaking animal. And you gave out what made you happiest. And, you know, our parents just gave us the nod and we just went at it. Man, that's, that was the signal. Like, everybody go. And it wasn't until my early 20s that I found out. I didn't even know Santa. Wore, I never thought about it. Why would he put the gift under the tree? I never thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. So Santa always put gifts under our tree. Okay. Um, I do know, like, we... At my grandmother's house, there's so many. So there's she had seven boys. Yeah. And then, of course, they're all married. And then we have all the kid, grandkids. So all those like gifts 12. were under the tree? So yeah, yeah, they're under <sighs> the tree. So you would, so that there's so many, it made sense you, you opened it because grandma wanted to see you open your gift. Okay. You can't have, you know, 12 plus people opening a gift and, and yeah. not... And then she would open all hers, and we would sit and watch. See, I was used to the Um, melee, and to this day, when somebody watches me open a gift, I always say later on, like, I appreciate it more than I'm showing. I have a weird way. I don't don't know how to display my happiness properly, but I'm uh, telling you, I really appreciate it. (laughs) I I don't remember us, you know, with mom and dad, like, having to 
wait, but they would always wait to open their gifts. Their okay. slow roll. Like you've you've been to enough Christmases yeah. to watch they like watch us and we're like, open a gift. Right. Already. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Um, but I do know one of my friends, Santa always not only left the gift out, never wrapped anything. Santa never wrapped anything. One of your friends never had a wrap gift from Santa? Nope. Okay. And they for their kids, uh-huh. what they did was they unboxed it. There was never boxes. If you got a dollhouse, that thing is put together and sitting out waiting for you. Yeah. Like it was never wrapped. Okay, some all- of my unwrapped things, like with Ariana, I would, I would do something like that, set something up. Sometimes I'd just be like, this is really awkward and just set it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and not wrap it. So, oh, and then see? now, I mean, I used to, I used to wrap all my gifts in fancy wrapping paper and bows. And then as the years go on, I just don't, I just put them in bags. I wrap and like actually, a actually, a lot animal. of people, there are certain times, like certain people, I just won't even put it in a bag. I'm like, yeah. here, look what I got you okay. for Christmas. I wrap like a damn animal. I cannot wrap. Your brother is laser precision, okay? Yeah. You could My mom take a ruler to that gifts. thing and it'll be like absolutely straight. And he looked at me like, it looks like I just bunched paper on it and then just used tape to hold it closed. Yeah. And I was like, I basically am. And the only gifts, gifts I've ever wrapped as an adult is for my daughter for Christmas. I don't wrap any other gifts. I've always used bags. The end. Yeah, I used to always love unwrapping it. But now, oh, and God, wrap, no. I used to love wrapping, and now I'm just, like, over it. And so what I do is I buy a bag. Yeah. And then I fill that bag. Ah. And once you're filled, you're you're done for. Except for this year, my brother actually got two bags. He's Ooh, lucky. Ooh, that lucky. lucky guy. He is super lucky. And I'll say, if anybody's, um, let us know on our website what some of your Christmas things are. That just blew my mind. Yeah. She's like, well, I was like, Santa, kiss under the tree. She looked at me like, yeah, where the hell did they go in your house? I'm like, nowhere near the tree. <laughs> Never even thought about it. So you've been listening to Michigan and Mayhem. Michigan and Mayhem. Ooh. It feels like it. Okay, it is. Michigan and Other Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. Connect with us at michiganandothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access the show notes, find site links, or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.